Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and guess what? It's that time again. It's Monday night, and it's The Stoop right here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Ragus is the name. And alongside me, as always, you know him. He's the trooper himself, the shark, Jeff Perini, man. What's going on, brother? I am Starship Trooper. Good to be here, man. Thanks for uh, <laughs> the intro. And uh, TGIM, folks, another great Monday. Happy to be here this evening. It's always a good time here at the suit, man. We're going to have a great, great, great time tonight because joining us tonight is going to be up-and-coming actress Ashley Morgan. We're really excited about this. We're going to talk to her a little bit about her budding career as well as some of the movies that she's already done and some of the movies that she's in the middle of currently working on. So uh, we're really looking forward to that, Jeff. And uh, you know a little bit more about her than I do, but we're both excited, man. Very excited. Very uh, attractive young lady. A nice little record of uh, different things that she is involved in. And uh, should be a great show. Love up-and-coming actresses and, and singers because they've got passion and they love to talk about their upcoming stuff. So it should be a good one. Absolutely, absolutely. And before we go any further, we want to thank last Thursday night's guest, Eddie Mann, for joining us and for letting us listen to three of his tracks off of his uh, newest, uh, well, excuse me, his latest album called Dig Love. We got to listen to Home Again, I'm Setting My Mind on You, and You, You Make Me Feel, which were three incredible, incredible tracks off of Dig Love. So if you guys didn't get to listen to last Thursday night show, you can go to stoopradio.com in order to listen to that right now. And as always, check out his website at eddyman.com. That's E-D-D-Y-M-A-N-N.com. Thank you so much, Eddie. Uh, Philadelphia product, man. I knew you were comfortable talking with him, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, talking about some silly stuff, and he was uh, watching the Eagles game that night. Kind of like a, uh, a night at home. Very comfortable. A night at <laughs> home with Eddie Man and the Shark. That's the next show. Can't beat it. We should do that. <laughs> Wednesday we'll just hang out on your couch and uh, drink some beers and watch an Eagles game. There you go. That's the show. I tell you, get the video cameras ready and uh, watch me at it. There you that go. That would be so good. That'd be great, man. We'll YouTube it. All right. It's uh, top five time, man, and uh, you're going to be a little mad at my list, Jeff. But tonight we're going to list our top five favorite sports-themed movies. We're going to go a little bit uh, away from what we normally do, and we're going to talk sports movies right now. So, Jeff, I'm going to uh, give you the baton for you to lead this uh, marching band, man. All right, I'm on it. Top five, or as always, top five and a tie. So um, we're going to run into it. Number five, uh, a great sports team movie that people really don't classify right off the bat as sports team, but Caddyshack. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. God movie love Caddyshack so great Ted Knight hilarious Rodney Dangerfield great cast great movie tied with another comedy League of Their Own really oh, good movie. great movie uh, yeah about female baseball and uh, Tom Hanks is great in it just a terrific movie number four kind of an underrated movie some people think it's corny I really enjoyed the original Major League um, funny stuff good baseball movie uh, nice little angle where to get a bunch of dead beats to come in and be the Cleveland Indians Kind of ironic, but a really good movie. I like that. That's number four. Number three, I go with boxing. It's Raging Bull, the story of Jake LaMotta. Robert De Niro is outstanding as Jake. Uh, 
Sad Tale. A, a good tale in the beginning. Sad Tale. Just a wild ride and a great movie. Number two, I go football and the Notre Dame story, Rudy. I know. I'm not a big Notre Dame guy, but Rudy was a great Rudy. movie. Rudy! Always, always chokes me up in the end when he gets a big sack and they carry him off the field. Rudy. Number one, I have a tie, indirectly a tie. It's kind of the same flick, but i got to go with parts one and two. Being a Philly guy, it's got to be Rocky. Rocky one, Rocky two. Stallone, the underdog story, the guy that didn't belong here, pulls off the major upset in Rocky two. I love it, man. Stallone and, and uh, as Rocky, and of course, uh, Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. Just some excellent sequences. That's my number one. Uh, it's Rocky one and two. Ty, if you will, or just a Rocky sequence. That's my number one. Yep, we'll go with the Rocky franchise there. Perfect stuff, man. Perfect stuff. Well, with my list, I got three ties tonight, dude. Wow. This was a tough one because I left some movies off of this list that I absolutely adore and love. Really needed a top 10, if not top 15, but I went with three ties. So uh, tied for number five, I go with the Major League franchise, man. I loved one. Number two wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anywhere near as number one. And I got to tell you, I loved Major League back to spring training with Scott Bakula. I absolutely loved it. I thought it it stood well by itself. They could have named it something else, but it stood well by itself. Absolutely loved it. Tied with that, I'm going to go skateboarding. Ready, Miss Man? Gleaming the Cube, Christian. Oh! One of my favorite skateboarding movies, man. Had to throw that in there in the mix, tied at number five. Tied at number four now. I'm going to go with two movies that are mostly based towards children. But guess what? Now those children are adults, like me, and we still love them today. Tied at number four, Little Giants, Going Football, and The Sandlot. Going Young Kids Baseball, man. Those were two movies, man, that absolutely made you just go back in time, man, and remember playing in the streets with your friends, man. You know what I'm saying? Going to the park, playing football, playing baseball, and just having good times throughout the summer. Number three, going to go with the entire Rocky franchise. Absolutely love the franchise. Number five to me was the worst movie in the entire franchise. Loved the last one, Rocky Balboa. Thought it was a great, great, great ending to that story. Perfect, perfect franchise, man. Number two, going to go basketball, Above the Rim, one of my favorite basketball movies. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Number one, got a two-way tie here, my friend. Uh, we're going to go hockey, and we're going to go baseball here. Tied at number one, Slapshot, Paul Newman. And okay. guess what ties with it, man? Got to go with the best, best, best baseball movie ever made. Let me guess. Go I'm going to say... I'm going to say you go with The Natural. Wrong. Ready? We said it last week. Ray, is this heaven? Feel the dreams, my friend. Wow. All right. I was going to say one of the two. Kind of thought you were leaning natural. Feel the dreams is an excellent movie. It's hard, man. When, when, When you go baseball... Really, I could have probably had a three-way tie here, and A League of Their Own is up there with Field of Dreams as one of the best baseball movies ever made. Uh, but, you know, Slapshot, I had to get in there somewhere. Absolutely love it, man. It's just a, a, a funny flick. It's all based on hockey, man. Just one of the best sports movies ever made, so I had to go there. So uh, let's recap real quick. Jeff's top five with a tie at number five, Caddyshack and A League of Their Own. Number four, Major League. Number three, Raging Bull. Number two, Rudy. And number one, Rocky one and two. May tie at number five, Gleam in the Cube and the Major League franchise. Tie at number four, the Sandlot and Little Giants. 
Number three, the entire Rocky franchise, probably minus Rocky five. Number two, above the rim, and the tie at number one for me, Field of Dreams and Slapshot. And there goes our top 15 favorite sports team <laughs> movies. Top 100 favorite sports teams. <laughs> could have kept going, man. Could have could have kept yeah, going because when you when you look at sports themed movies, man, seriously, there are so many amazing sports themed movies. Uh, you know, you know, from from Hoosiers to The Natural, Caddyshack, um, Bad News Bears. Got to throw that up there. Also, I got you know what, and I got to say this too: Cool Runnings with the Jamaican bobsled team. Great freaking movie. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, you look at uh, you know. The Lords of Dogtown, we're going to go skateboarding, Any Given Sunday, uh, Blue Chips, Varsity Blues. I mean, seriously, man, we can just go on and on, and I, and I, and I got to throw the replacements in there. I absolutely love the replacements with Keanu Reeves, but you could just go on and on. Okay. Mr. Baseball, Tom Selleck, come on, man. Yeah. One great you know? one for me that just missed the cut was a movie I love, too, Eight Men Out. It's a great movie, just oh. missed for me. Uh, that's a great yep. one. Uh, sea Biscuit was a good one. The Longest Yard. There's so mm-hmm. many great ones. This was a hard list. I, I came up with it, and I found myself at the end being like, all right, I could have went with 60 easily. But, you know. Oh, easily, man. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I could go with uh, Ladybugs if you want to go soccer, man. Rodney Dangerfield. Absolutely funny-ass movie. And then I'm thinking, oh. you know, going back in the day, Pride of the Yankees, you know, story of uh, Lou Gehrig. You know, it's uh, there's just so many amazing, amazing uh, movies, The Pistol, The Birth of uh, of a Legend, uh, Pete Maravich. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but just a phenomenal movie. I mean, you, there, there's there's hundreds of phenomenally, uh, you know, sports-themed movies that we could have just went on and on with about tonight, man. But we only had uh, our top five with 16 different ties, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I forgot Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. That's a tremendous movie. Eh, funny, man. No, I love that movie. Cracks me up. All right. All right. Well, in just a little bit, in about 20 minutes, we're going to be joined by our guest actress, Ashley Moore. But in the meantime, uh, 2016 hits again. Uh, you know, we've been going through a string of shows without having to send condolences out. And in the last two shows, we've had to. Um, over the weekend, uh, the passing of Kenny Baker, the original R2-D2 from the original Star Wars movies, passed away at the age of 81. Uh, so, you know, it's amazing that he had, you know, a part. In the new movie, Force Awakens, that he was in the suit for a little bit uh, at the age of 80, which I thought was pretty cool, uh, you know, his last thing before going out of this world here. Uh, and, and, and it brought to me, man, when you think of the Star Wars movies, Jeff, what's your favorite part of Star Wars? What's your favorite memory or what's your favorite scene of Star Wars? i got to tell you that my favorite scene, especially after you find out it was improv, um, Empire Strikes Back. Han Solo was heading into the carbonite chamber. Princess Leia leans up and says, I love you. And he looks and says, I know. And they drop men. Because the original line was supposed to be, I love you too. And mm-hmm. Harrison Ford himself, himself, Solo doesn't say that. He just says, I know. And they drop him in. And amazing. That and uh, obviously the explosion of the Death Star in the original. So oh. many great movies. I, mean, moments. I love Star Wars. But for me, that, that Han Solo scene that... I love you. I know thing is uh, that's my favorite. Love it. Yeah, I would say one of one of my favorite parts of the movies, um, and you know, one that always sticks out to me is when uh, Obi Wan's talking to Luke. You know, and they're talking about the lightsaber and what it can do, and he's you know looking into it. I don't know. It, that, that's that's one of those scenes that it just always 
just like, you know, creak out to me, man, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's amazing. There's so many great scenes and great memories. And of course, with the pass of the Kenny Baker, lots of those scenes have R2-D2 in them. Uh, it's, it's, it's just an amazing franchise. And uh, it's a shame when you lose, you know, when you start losing people from the franchise itself. Um, you know, a lot of them are still around, but now uh, uh, Kenny Baker passed away at the age of 81. Uh, you know, God bless him and our condolences to the, uh, to his friends and family. Um, you know, Hopefully Star Wars keeps going, keeps his memory alive. So it'll be good, Agreed. good stuff. All right, man. Let's uh, change it a little bit over to the NFL and its preseason. Have you watched any games yet besides your Eagles game? I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit of St. Louis Rams. Um, saw a little bit of that, the uh, Chip Kelly disaster part two that's now the San Francisco 49ers. Um Preseason football, man. I know you need to warm up and all, but it just gets worse every year. It, it's so bad. It really yeah. is bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is what it is. Dallas, but the, you know, you need Cowboys it, but... The, oh, man, they're, they're going nuts already. Oh, yeah, over, uh, over uh, Prescott after a half of preseason football. <laughs> you know, it's, he did look good, though, man. You got to give it to him, man. Listen, yeah. it's his uh, it's his first NFL pro game, and uh, he he actually looked pretty good, man. You know who knows? He, the the guy could be phenomenal. He could be the future of the Dallas Cowboys, or he could be a dud. But it's great when you get little glimpses uh, in the preseason of some of these players, you know. And uh, it's 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 just pretty cool. I think the preseason is right at four games because I don't think you can get enough players warmed up in just two games or even one game in the preseason. But, man, the injuries are starting to take their tolls already. And then we had uh, word that uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, from New England Patriots now is is injured from, uh, you know, from a preseason game. So do you think it's – it's well, excuse me, he left practice. I'm, I'm sorry. But do you think it's time that maybe the teams don't play their starters at all in the preseason – and do you think that'll have a really big hit on the standings for the first couple of games until they get going? Or do you think they do it about right by playing them a few snaps here and then just gradually increasing? Um, I don't think there's no perfect answer. You've got to get those guys out there a little bit. Uh, a lot of teams do like the one series thing. Get them out there first series. Let them warm up. Um, get a lot of practice injuries, too. What's going on here in practice? Just get your guys out there to run and uh, – Go through the motions. I mean, why are you getting hurt in practice? That's confusing. But, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it happened here in Philly. It happened to Carson Wentz, you know, but you got to get these guys acclimated. Wentz has never been on a pro field. And people at work are telling me, isn't it crazy? He shouldn't even been playing. Yeah, he's got to play. He's, mm-hmm. he's got to learn the system. He's got to get in the game. So, it's tough. It, it's a tough medium right now. Right? It's definitely a fine line. And uh, they're doing it probably as good as they can right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that changes because you know eventually it's going to change, especially with the uh, with the CT and the concussion protocols and everything going on, and you know agents bitching about it, and it's going to change eventually. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it changes, though. Uh, but down the line, it's going to. So we got some uh, more preseason games upcoming this week, and uh, your Eagles, I believe, are playing the Steelers this week. Yep. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh... Yeah, last week, Pittsburgh kind of did it right. No Le'Veon Bell, no Antonio Brown, no Ben Roethlisberger. You know, gradually ease him in, I guess, is how they're going to do it. Yep, there you go. Now, are you a little uh, iffy on uh, your new quarterback already being injured? <laughs> yeah, I'm not crazy about it, but um, 
typical Eagles standing. Every year, the backup offensive line just doesn't really do the trick, and uh, that almost worries me to get him out there with the second-team O-line because we've never really had depth. And every time you stick out that second-team offensive line, you can see the holes, and uh, you know, that guy's going to get hurt. If you get him back out there, if, if he can come back in the preseason, get him a couple snaps with the first-team line and, and call it a day. Yeah. Well, see what happens. We got lots of games upcoming this week, and we'll talk more about that uh, next week, and uh, we'll you know recap some of the stuff going on in the NFL. Uh, speaking of baseball, man, we had a report earlier this morning that Alex Rodriguez, who was just released and uh, supposedly retired from the New York Yankees right in the middle of the season here, uh, he was going to go to the Miami Marlins to play first base. Now, supposedly, he rejected that deal, and it's not going to happen, and he's not playing for the rest of 2016. Um Reading some things, Yankees came right out and said, that's not happening. He's retired. He's not going anywhere. But, man, some of these places were, were just adamant that they that they knew this was going to happen. Do you think that it was going to happen and the Yankees made A-Rod not take that deal with Miami? I definitely think so. Uh, right now you're getting near crunch time. And, um, yeah, A-Rod struggled immensely. But the team as a whole, the Yankees team, wasn't very good. Um, yeah. If you if you put A Rod in a lineup, maybe bat him in front of Stanton, you know where he's got. Well, he's out now too. Pitch. Yeah, he's out uh, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's true. So I guess trying to get their hands on a bat, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Yankees behind the scenes said, "Hey, you're not doing this. Look, we uh, kind of came to agreement while you're stepping down, and uh, that's it. You know, you're going to walk away. Or, uh, there's more to meet the eye of this whole thing. I think eventually it'll come out." Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, something's got to leak eventually from this thing because it's, uh, it's interesting that he retires and then all of a sudden he's going to go play for the Miami Marlins. Eh, a little weird, especially to play first base. Yeah. A little weird. A little weird. But it is what it is. Supposedly Alex Rodriguez is officially retired and he's not going to play the rest of 2016, if ever again. And it is what it is. So, so long, A-Rod, you're a douche. Amen. In the words of the show. <laughs> He's right, being man. a douche. He's being a douche. All right, man. It's still the Summer Olympics is going on here, so let's do our uh, our medal count for what's going on here. In first place, the United States with 72 total medals. Great Britain with 41 at 2. China with 46 total medals at 3. Russia in fourth with 35, and Italy in fifth with 23. Man, the U.S. is just running away with the Summer Olympics, dude. It's pretty good. I like that. I like to see that little uh, pride in the USA. You know, I'm, I, I like the Olympics for the fact that you like rooting on your country and uh, seeing what kind of athletes you have out there. It's big stuff. I enjoy it. The uh, men's basketball team's been a little shaky. A little surprising. Very um, shaky. Very shaky. Yeah. Of course, the stunner of the uh, – women's soccer team, and uh, I know your opinion on that. But uh, for the most part, U.S. doing their thing, and uh, Michael Phelps killing it, as expected, and uh, it's been enjoyable so far. Good run. Yeah. Now, Michael Phelps says he's done, his swimming career is done. Ryan Lockie comes out and says, we're going to see him in 2020. Do you think Michael Phelps comes back for his sixth Olympics and swims in 2020? No, I think it's over. I think uh, another time around may not be as fruitful He's, he's going to be up there in age, and uh, I think he's packing. He's got 28 medals. I mean, where else do you go from there? Yeah. 
I don't know. I guess you go to uh, 30 medals? Yes. <laughs> 35? Uh, that's Who knows? 29, 38. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me ask you this, man. So Ryan Lockie and a couple other swimmers and supposedly Australian coaches uh, were held up and robbed from uh, people pretending to be uh, Brazilian uh, police officers. I, you know, his mother comes out and says, no, that didn't happen. Ryan Lockie comes out originally and says, no, that didn't happen. The IOC comes out and says, no, it didn't happen. But then Ryan Lockie and the others kind of turn face and say, well, yeah, we did get robbed. We did get held up. They wanted us to go on the floor, but the IOC is still denying this. They know Brazil is a country that has, uh, you know, a reputation of kids, teenagers, robbing people. I mean, seriously, just robbing the hell out of people. It's not a very safe country in certain parts, but yet they still put the Olympics there. Do you think this is the IOC trying to cover up the fact that they probably shouldn't have put their Olympics in Brazil? I definitely think it would have covered it up. It's kind of hard to pick and choose places you're not going to have the Olympics because it's a worldwide event and every country uh, goes all out to try and represent it. I mean, Brazil's a very beautiful country. And yeah, a lot very of South America. And you can't look into what ifs. I mean, nowadays, as we all say, there's a what if around every corner. Um, mm-hmm. People say terrorist this and, and and disease that. Well, you can walk in front of, in front of the street and get hit by a bus. So you can't mm-hmm. live your life on what ifs. So, yeah, maybe they're covering it up. They don't want the uh, Olympic name smeared, but uh, you can't regret where it's at. It's in Brazil, and uh, it's been good games. We just got to hope everybody uh, stays safe in the end. Yeah, and gets out of there. Other thing that's really bothering me about the Olympics in Brazil, man, is is the water turning green and smelling like like farts from some of the things that we read, and <laughs> the outdoor water just not looking good, man. I'm really worried that when these Olympians come back and go to their countries, whether it's the U.S., Canada, Australia, Germany, France, uh, Nigeria, whatever, we're gonna see a lot of people getting sick, man, from either Zika or Whatever else is floating around in that water, man. I don't know why, man, but I just feel like that's going to happen, and that's worrying the crap out of me, dude. It's possible. You never know. You just never know. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out when the Olympics are over. Uh, we only have a uh, about another week or so into the Olympics. Uh, actually, less than that. It uh, ends on Sunday on the 21st. So uh, it, it's it's coming. It's gone quick, man, but then the Winter Olympics is hopefully right around the corner. Looking forward to that, man. All right, dude. Got to throw this out here. Read this today. Found this absolutely hilarious. Eddie Murphy almost started the 1986 Star Trek for the voyage home. Just think about that for a second. Eddie Murphy was almost in the Star Trek movie, dude. I'm thinking about How do you it. feel I, about I, that? I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, uh, Spock, who is your friend? <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Now, I don't know. Um, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, I guess any actor can be flexible. Uh, it's funny because we talk about Eddie Murphy, and, and I always said that he is a good character actor. He's at his least funny when he's trying to be a regular guy like Eddie Murphy, but when he's like Professor Klump or, or something like that, he's hilarious. So mm. he could have made it. it Might have made a least <sighs> little, uh, I don't know. Think about it, man. Eddie Murphy acting next to Leonard Nimoy. James Doohan, Walter Koenig, Michelle Nichols, 
George Takei, Catherine Hicks, Jane Wyatt. I mean, uh, I, I, I just don't yeah. know. Listen, I know why they, they wanted him. Supposedly Paramount, they wanted to put their two golden things together, being the, Char Star, the Star Trek franchise and their golden boy at the time, Eddie Murphy. They decided at the end not to put all of their golden eggs in one basket, rip it apart, and don't let that happen. But, man, I, Eddie Murphy in Star Trek Four, dude? Come on. Come on. I, I just don't get it. It's, it's, like, it's like putting Will Ferrell in, in, in a drama. Okay. Just doesn't on the drama. Just, just doesn't mix, <laughs> man. Just doesn't mix, mm. man. Doesn't mix. That's but, man, did I find that hilarious. I, I just... I would have loved to have seen something in an in, in alternate reality or, or go back on it where Eddie Murphy was sitting down at a table learning stuff and doing lines with Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, that's interesting, definitely. And I don't know how that would have worked, man. But interesting stuff, man. I, lo- I love when stuff comes out. Like, like, you know, when we had, you know, Diane Franklin and she said she was up for the role of Sarah Connor in Terminator and she was up for Amadeus and you know, the role uh you know, of Daniel's love interest in Karate Kid. I love to hear stuff like that. You know, Full House that um you know, Bob Saget wasn't gonna originally play Danny Tanner and it was gonna be Paul Reiser, you know. Interesting stuff. Yeah. And it's amazing how if you look at it and if those roles actually came to fruition, how that would have changed and how things probably wouldn't have been as popular as they were with that actor in it. So Agreed. That's kinda like um the one I always get a kick out of, Bill Murray. Uh, was up for Batman before Michael Keaton. Bill Murray, like, how would that have been? Man, I would have loved to have seen that. I know. I mean, you can't even imagine. It It seems like it would be totally awkward, but we really don't know. I'm sure he would have made a, a much better Batman than Ben Affleck, and that's all I'm going to say. Wow. Not touching it. No. <laughs> all right, man. Adele turning down, singing at the Super Bowl 51 halftime show. Interesting, man. Adele at the Super Bowl 51 halftime show with all of her, you know, soft singing and, you know, just just stuff that's not Super Bowl halftime music, man. And we've always spoken about it amongst each other and with our friends, man. And we said, why don't they get different people than who performs at Super Bowl halftime shows? So my question to you is, who do you want to see perform at a Super Bowl halftime show? That's easy. I got to go with uh, Marilyn Manson. Let's shock the shit out of the world on Super Bowl Sunday. No, <laughs> um, I, I kind of like the classic rock bands. Um, I was like, like when they did the Who and, and Aerosmith and stuff like that. Um, yeah. it, it's hard now. I mean, there's there's not a lot of big time bands. A band that I love that's modern and just very musically talented is a, a band like The Killers. I like to see a band like that. Yeah. Maybe Dave Matthews, mm-hmm. you know, somebody popular. Doesn't have to be real hard music, but a guy like Dave Matthews is good. Um, kind of surprised she turned us down, but I, I mean, I don't. The, the acts they just don't ever seem to get an act that makes everybody say, "Hey, this is going to be great." Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's interesting, you know. And and then, and then we've always heard the thing, like you know, why don't they, you know, mix it up a little bit and have like a Metallica come in, you know what I'm saying, and really get yeah. the audience just just revved up, full of adrenaline. Uh, you know, Anthrax, Megadeth, you know, you know, Slayer, man. Just bring them in, man, and just do like a big four at the halftime show or something. You know, or, you know, mix it up and, you know, you're bringing Metallica and you had them perform with like, let's say, a Lenny Kravitz 
along with a Christina Aguilera, you know, and just, just have all genres represented. Why does it always have to be mostly pop and rap artists at the Super Bowl halftime show? You know, why not, hey, bring in Metallica, bring in Chris Stapleton, you know, do a little bit of country, do a little bit of metal, do a little bit of pop, you know, get a hip-hopper in there. Put it all together, man, and make it just a massive show. Why does it always have to be the same genres? And we've heard that so many times before, and still to this day, I can't figure out why it always has to be the same genres. Agreed. Yeah, I do believe in that, and um, I agree with you. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit of everything. Or maybe get an all-star band or a couple all-star bands, stuff like that. Mm. Hey, listen, man. Let's bring back George Harrison from the dead, Roy Orbison, and we get the Traveling Wilburys to play. I love it. That's pretty you know, like Tom Petty's around, man. Tom Petty and the freaking Heartbreakers are still around. They're playing music. They're touring. Bring them into the Super Bowl halftime show. Let them do something with some other acts, you know, because I love it when they bring in certain people man when prince did, man you know they have hit some bullseyes before but i feel the last few have been really off man i don't I know agree. you know i don't look for listen i'm not a big coldplay guy i give coldplay a lot of credit they did a lot better at the super bowl halftime show than i thought they would they were actually jumping around, you know, they were, you know, getting really into it, man. The music wasn't just, you know, look at the stars. You know, it wasn't, you know, typical Coldplay music, man. Their newer album is a lot more jivier, man. It was really cool, but, man, you know, I'm thinking, you know, and I think Metallica sucks now, you know, this coming from a big Metallica fan at one point, but I'd rather see them play. You know, do something different. I don't know. But if I can go out there, man, and say, man, you know, get people together, man. Get, you know, Tribe Cold Quest, man, leave us in a new school. Put them back with Buster Rhymes, man, and get them out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get somebody that you can at least do, like, a one-time deal with. But if you could do that, if you could, if you were in charge, Jeff, of the... Super Bowl halftime show, and you can get somebody back together again just for the halftime show or put together a super group. Who would you go for first? Well, you got to figure now if you could put a band back together. Now, Motley Crue is suddenly called a quiz and have agreed to sue themselves if they get back on stage. But what's a one-time thing like that? That's always good. Um I would like to see, um, I don't know, I'd like to get like a, you know what they need, like a big guitar bash thing with uh, Satriani and, and Steve Vai and uh, you need like Eddie Van Halen. Get a bunch of guitar players out there and let it rip, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty cool. That would be real cool, man. I don't know. It's, uh, they got to do something, man, because I'm, I'm losing damn interest in it. I'm sure you're losing damn interest in it. I'm sure a lot of people losing damn interest in it. It'd be nice, man. A little bit. It would be need real more, nice. Uh, need more uh, puppy bowl and uh, stuff like that at halftime. Puppy bowl. Yeah. Lingerie football. No, we don't talk about lingerie football league here anymore. Yeah, no, we don't want them in there. We don't want yeah, them in there, man. That's, <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. That's one and done there, man. All right, man. <laughs> so I think it's about time we're going to be joined by our guest right now. And she is Hello. Ashley Morgan. How you doing, Ashley? 
Hi. I'm doing great for you. We're doing good. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we're happy to have you here, and uh, we're happy to learn a little bit about your career. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, so I'm ho- so I'm hoping you're ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. There you go. So uh, over the last few years, you've been quite busy. Uh, you, you, you know, you've had a part in Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal, The Land, uh, in uh, which you play a girl next door type, on Girls and Catherine. Uh, what's it like being so active in your career, and and pretty much how do you fit it all in? Um, it's awesome being active. This is something I've been passionate about for such a long time. So to actually be be doing it is amazing. I love it. I wish I could do it every single day. Um, as far as fitting it in my schedule, this comes first above anything. So if I have an opportunity to to work with my passion, I'm always going to choose that first. Yeah, but it's like. Have you <clears throat> have you taken on multiple roles at the same time, or do you try to, you know, just go with one at a time? I try to go with one at a time just so I can better prioritize um, and better get into the character. So I'm not trying to do too many different people at once, and I'm, like, just confused and all over the place and exhausted, and I can't focus on what I need to be focusing on. So I, I'd rather just do one at a time and, and then knock that out and move to the next project. Nice. nice, nice. There you go. So uh, you know, we read also that you do modeling, you sing, yeah, you do some radio. <laughs> uh, you're into track and field. Out of all of those yes. titles, what's your true passion? You know, one thing that's not on there is uh, nerds. I do a lot of nerdy stuff. I actually I also um, <laughs> that's what I love is anything that's nerd culture based is my favorite. But I, I recently have been working on doing instructional videos for board games. <laughs> which, really? Very cool. Yeah. Like, so recently I work with USAopoly, which they do, like, uh, they do, like, um, specific, like, topics, brand games. For instance, they do, like, Marvel Munchkin, or they'll do, like, Harry Potter Monopoly. Nice. So um, I did an instruction video on how to play Marvel Munchkin. Because a lot of people play Munchkin, but uh, the Marvel edition is a little bit different. And it was a lot of fun. I'd never played Munchkin before, or Marvel Munchkin. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I play a lot of video games, but I'm kind of crossing over to doing some, some board game, tabletop type games, too. <laughs> so really cool. So so basically you're doing videos to show people how to play Monopoly? <laughs> how to play Munch, Marvel Munchkin. Marble Munchkin. Okay, so what what is Marble Munchkin? Can can you tell us what that is? <laughs> yeah, so Munchkin is like a board game, and your objective is to get from level one to level ten. Okay. And so the Marvel edition, it, it just includes like Marvel characters, and and you're trying to work your way up the ranks in um, the Agents of Shield. So you start at level one, and you try to work your way up to level ten, and you can have allies. Uh, from different Marvel games like Spider-Man or or Wolverine, and you and you like battle monsters that are from like different Marvel games as well. It's a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Now is that like is it an, is it a board game or is it like one of those like you know card games? It's a board game. So. Oh, nice. It's a yeah, it's a board game. There's cards, but it's like a it's a board game. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I gotta check that out. I'm a big Marvel guy, so that should be a lot of fun to check it you out. You would love it. It's hard to explain. Um, it's hard to understand if you're just reading the instructions, which is why we yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Which is why we well, wanted to I mean, do. 
a game where you can. We could just find your instructional video. So. <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. It's really competitive if you play it correctly. Mm, that's pretty cool. So it only takes away now, but I never want to read instructions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time. Teach you how to play board games. Yeah, I think that works. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you. I teach you a thing or two about a thing or two. They gave me a, a free copy of the game, so <laughs> oh, I can teach so everybody. Cool. That is so cool. Yeah. So now I we got to ask you this because uh, we were we were reading on your bio and we were reading around the internet and uh, we found out that you're five foot five. You're about one ten. <laughs> you're a tiny girl. You're a tiny girl, and then that's not going to be fun size. <laughs> you're fun size. There you go. I like that a lot. You're fun size. And, yeah, uh, it's funny because I have really long legs. When people see me on the internet, they think I'm a lot taller, and they meet me in person. They're like, "Oh, you're really short." I'm like, "Thanks. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> short. <laughs> Yay." Nothing wrong with that being short. It's cool. But now, if you were offered the part to be like a badass or a villain at your little tiny stature, or like, well, I'm sorry, your fun size stature, <laughs> exactly. Oh, hell yeah. I actually, that's one of my dreams. I, I want to be a villain or some kind of monster or vampire or video game character. I would do that. I would do that shit all the time. That would be so fun for me. Nice. And I feel like I'd be like, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like Speedy, Speedy Gonzalez or whatever, the little mouse. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like a chihuahua. I feel like I'm like really small. I have a really big bark, but I'm not that aggressive in real life. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Well, hopefully you can get one of, one of those roles, because I love to see you just taking out somebody that's like 6'5". Hell yeah. I definitely want to do... I would love to do that. I'd love to be some kind of villain, or some kind of superhero, even, or I really, if they remake Mortal Kombat, which I highly doubt they will, but if they do, I'd love to be Devorah, which is like this bug crazy character. Nice. I always want to do like crazy stuff. I always want to do the the crazy monster type people. That would be so cool. Well, the good news is is that supposedly James Wan is actually looking into rebooting Mortal Kombat, so you might get you might you might get that chance. So I need to start stalking them now, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. If not if not shouldn't be uh you know, the Marvel Munchkin, and maybe, uh, you know, the Marvel Universe will get you in there. <laughs> hey, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. We would love to see that going on. So, um, now, in 2014, we got we got to ask you about this. You appeared on the MTV reality show, Are You oh, the One? Oh, no. So, <laughs> you have to describe that experience and what it was like oh, having no. your dating life. You have to do it. We, we have to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I auditioned for that show, I was in college and I was so bored with college. I was hating every single day of my life and I was like, I need something different. And so I just, I literally just went online and started applying for different reality shows and I applied for, are you the one? And, um, I never thought they'd call me back. Like I'm from Ohio. They're not going to call me back. And they did. And I went through this whole process and like filling out shit ton of paperwork doing all these first I took like one of our tests or quizzes whatever the hell it was was like 400 something questions it was it was really obnoxious and tedious and then I did all that stuff I had an interview and everything and then they called me and they're like you're an alternate 
And I was like, eh, I'm not going to quit college to be an alternate. And they called me back, like, hey, you want you on the show? So I was like, okay. It was so crazy. For the first, like, three days, I cried. <laughs> I'm so dramatic, but I cried because <laughs> they took all of our cell phones. They took our they took magazines, they took iPods, yeah. they took books. We had nothing. Our only form of communication was each other. And I didn't know these 19 other people, so I was like, I want to talk to my mom. Like, I was, like, freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Like, in Hawaii, there were cameras everywhere. And, and it's, like, it's one thing being, like, filmed for a movie to be filmed for a reality show. It's, like, it's it's really you. It's you, you know, when you when you're having, like, personal conversations, when you're talking about intimacy, and then there's a huge camera right there, you know, to show the entire world. So it was really weird, and for a long time I felt really uncomfortable. But after a while, I didn't even notice the camera was there anymore. It's kind of crazy. That's crazy. That is so crazy. So now, yeah. like, what did you do on the show? Because I didn't see it. I, I, don't, I don't get into programs like that. Did you have to, like, you know, was it like a bachelor type thing? Like, was there, like, people picking no. one another? Like, what, what was going on? So the premise is there's 20 people who live in a mansion, which, I mean, this house was not suitable for 20 people. But it's 20 people, 10 guys, 10 girls. And the objective is for everybody has to find the perfect match. We either all win together or we all lose. Um, so what we did, we, we filled out person. Excuse me, we filled out personality tests, we took IQ tests, and we are, all of us are matched with somebody that's in the house. So our. Was. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. Our, our objective was to find out who that person was in the house through just conversation. And um, it was really hard um, because, I mean, I can't speak for the seasons now, but we. We really took this seriously. It was a pilot season. We didn't even have a name yet. We didn't even know. We signed up. They didn't even know what the premise was. We got there and found all that out. And, like, it was hard to, to decipher if it was, you know, our match with somebody who we've always gone for or if it's someone that we should be going for or if it's, you know, someone that we're attracted to but we're not usually attracted to. It was really hard to decipher who our match was. So we just kind of, like, had to – talk to people, we did challenges together, and if you wanted a challenge, you got to go on a date. It was intense. <laughs> it was intense. It was a okay. lot of fun, though. But it, it, it never registered to us that it was going to you know, be on MTV until we actually saw it, and we're like, oh, shit. We're on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the whole time you're there, you're not, like, thinking, like, oh, you know, this is going to be, and not even just MTV America, but, like, MTV Brazil. MTV Africa, MTV Spain, MTV England. Like, yeah. it was on every MTV in the whole world. It wasn't just in America, so it was, we were being translated in different languages. That's crazy. That is so crazy. crazy. So now, yeah, like, would you ever contemplate doing a show like that again? Or um, I thought about it, but I don't know. It was... It was it was hard for me because I I don't know I I was being myself I know some people you know whatever they put on a show for reality it was kind of hard to just I don't know have people just yeah. see me and and have have concept, like built up conceived conceiving who they thought I was or like different perceptions of who I was and it wasn't fully like explained and it was all edited and it's all edited out of order so it was just, it was a lot. <laughs> But it was fun. I don't want to sound like it was a complete drag. I mean, I was in Hawaii. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about who, about myself. I grew a lot. And it was crazy. Not a lot of people can say they were on a 
a pilot season of a reality show. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So now we were looking at your IMDb, um, and you have a lot of movies set up for 2017, some that are already in pre-production, uh, one of them being filmed overseas. What kind of roles are we going to get to see when in the near future? Yeah, so it's funny. <laughs> I, I'm terrified of scary movies. Like, I, I can't do them. I walked out of Jurassic Park. I walked out of The Mummy. Like, I will walk out of the theater. I'm, I am not. I won't, I won't do that. If I get too scared, I'll walk out of the theater. Like, that's what I'm known for. And mm-hmm. I was saying, I was like, oh, my God, if I ever do a scary movie, I'm going to have to leave the theater. And uh, I'm sorry if it's really loud. They're, like, filming a Vine video or something. Um, I was like, if I ever do a scary movie, literally, they're doing, like, some weird shit. I don't know what they're doing. It's really weird. Um, I was like, if I ever do a scary movie, I'm going to have to leave the theater. And if I can't watch it, I'm going to be terrified. And then I had an audition to do a scary movie. I was like, shit. Like, oh, man, I can't turn this down. But it's it's cool. We're going to be filming it in Greece. So it's, it's called Gates of Hades, which mm-hmm. hints Greece, Greek mythology. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Six friends go to film the Gates of Hades, and they get a little bit more than they bargained for. But it's not too scary. It's not like like fucking conjuring shit that scares the shit out of me. It's just more like <laughs> the conjuring scares the shit out of me. I can't watch that stuff. It's more like a thriller. Okay, I like to use the word thriller instead of horror. It's not horror, it's a thriller. I can't do horror movies. I'm terrified. I will I will cry and leave the theater. I don't care if I'm like 40. I will cry and leave the theater. That's crazy. So now if like a big horror movie came up, like they redid another Saw, they offered you the part, you'd probably turn it down because it's that scary? I don't, you know what? I don't, I've been thinking about that. I don't know. I'm terrified of Saw. Uh, okay, I don't, right, I mean, so I don't want to say I would, and then you see me like fucking doing Saw, and you're like, she fucking said she wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can do mon- <laughs> I can do monster stuff. Like I, I would love to be like a vampire or a wolf or like a wolverine or like I don't fucking know like a monster but when it comes to like fucking ghosts and shit I don't know if I could do like a conjuring oh so the supernatural freaks you out yeah anything dealing with like religion and like yeah that's crazy so what about like let's say like the walking dead offers you a part you think you could do that that's that, that's yeah, okay. I love zombies. I'm yeah. so crazy. Like I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, like I love playing like House of the Dead and shit. So I would love yeah. that. But again, if it's like a a ghost or something or like possessions, I can't do that stuff. Anything. I feel like zombies are like monster based. There you go. Pretty cool. All right. So now Jeff told me something, and then I got to ask you about this. Uh, he read that you said you would be willing. To work on paid. Um, first of all, we insanely admire your passion for uh, everything you do, but would you dive into something big just to have your face out there for people to say? Something big like what? Uh, hey, they offer you a part in Star Wars, the next Star Wars tomorrow. But hey, we're not going to yeah. pay you. you know, just volunteer. <laughs> oh, you know what? And I, I know a lot of people talk about that. I totally would. I feel like I don't I don't act just because I want to get paid a million dollars. I can act I act because of something I'm passionate about. So if there's a super cool project and 
I wasn't getting paid a lot, I was still doing like for instance the land. Um, I got I got cast for that the day I drove from Ohio to California. I got mm-hmm. cast for the land the minute I, I'm not even kidding you, the minute I arrived in California. I still wasn't even at my house yet. And they called me like, really? Hey, they want to cast it. Yeah, and, and yeah. because it was filming in Ohio, I was hired as a local. So I had okay. to keep paying to fly back and forth so I wasn't really making any money. But it was a super awesome project, super awesome cast, crew, script, and now it's doing it's doing really well, and I'm really happy I did it. So it wasn't for the money because I wasn't making shit. Yeah. It was because <laughs> I enjoyed the script, I enjoyed being around these people, I enjoyed learning and and just acting. It was a really it was a really fun opportunity. So for me, I feel like if you're just acting just for the money, like you'll never be fulfilled. But if you do it for the passion, then you know, you'll you'll feel accomplished. And I talked to um, Kim Coates was actually in in the land. He's you know from Sons of Anarchy. And I was talking to him, and he was like, you know, one thing that's really awesome is that you know I made a lot of money from Sons of Anarchy, but now I'm able to do the passion projects that I want to do because I'm not you know a starving actor. I can do the things that aren't paying a lot but are really awesome scripts. I thought that was yeah. just really admirable and something to just keep in mind. You know, sometimes it's not about mm-hmm. the money. It's because this is yeah. an awesome role to be fun acting in it. Awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So now out of out of all the roles that you have played so far, um, you know, you've you've only been really doing it since about twenty thirteen, so hey, we're gonna call you a newbie. Even though you're really not. That's but right. out of all I the am a newbie. out of all the roles you you well uh, <laughs> not you're a little bit more, you know, over a noob, but you're you're still there. <laughs> so, out of all the titles that you did and and, and all of the characters you played, um, which role has been your favorite so far that you wish you could go back and remake that kind of movie? Hmm. Mm, so far, I think maybe I was watching The Land and I was like, ooh, I feel like I, I could. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of. Well, I only had, like, one really, like, dialogue. The rest was kind of just, like, when we would just be out, they would just film us on a GoPro. I feel like I, I would go back and maybe do some of that differently. But as far as that, I think I think that's really it. I, just, I really enjoyed being on set with those guys. It was, like, four guys, and, and they're all doing George is now going to be in the new Spider-Man. He's not allowed to tell us who he's going to be, but he's going to be in the new Amazing Spider-Man. And Ezzy is going to be on Empire, and like they're all just doing really well. And they're just—I remember just watching them on set, and they didn't really have a lot of acting experience and or credits. And now to see them like blossoming is just awesome. So I just had a great time being on that set. So I would definitely love to do that again. And I'm really looking forward to to doing Gates of Hades because uh, it's a, it's it's something totally different than I've ever done before. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I love Greek mythology, so that sounds dope already i was just reading the summary about that so that would that would be really cool i can't wait to see that one yeah it's gonna be awesome yeah so now before we let you go we 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 love to ask these kinds of questions and it's like a dream scenario if i can give you you know if i could say hey i'm gonna ask you this you can do one movie and you're gonna you're gonna be the main star of it and your co-star would be who and you get the pick and i can make that happen who would it be Oh my goodness! Have you ever asked this question before? Now we bring it out. <laughs> um, if I could, okay, so if I could be in one movie and my co-star. Mhm. And it, it could be somebody that's <gasps> that's living or oh. dead. So. I would love to act with Viola Davis. I think she's phenomenal. So it would have to be her. 
and I don't anything that she did she just knocked it out the park. Like I just I just I love she's just very committed to her character. Oh, I just love her. Just even I'm I really love watching How to Get Away with Murder. I love that mm-hmm. show and she's just phenomenal in it and I've heard great things about Suicide Squad uh with her. <laughs> and um it had to be about and but I I've learned I've read that some of her other castmates have learned so much just by watching her. And the thing about acting is you always you can learn a lot just by watching, just by sitting back and watching someone else perform. So I'd have to be Viola Davis, and I don't even anything that she did, I would just be in awe. <laughs> and just to be honored to be next to her, I'd be in awe. So I don't awesome. have a specific role, but I just think it'd be awesome to just act with her. That's so cool. Well, Ashley, seriously, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, it was well, it was great to talk. Me. It was great to learn about what's going on in your career and you know everything that's going on around it so hopefully we can get you back on real soon after uh, maybe gates of hades come out and we can talk a little bit more about that yeah it should be out next january so Ooh, awesome we're almost there we're almost there right so perfect, perfect awesome thank you so much for having me thank, thank you. you and we'll talk to you real soon awesome thank you have a good night you too bye-bye Bye-bye. Now is actress Ashley Morgan. Um, she's really cool, man. Seriously, she's she's down to earth. And, man, she she sounds hungry. I love it. Yeah, she does. A lot of fun. And, um, you know, you go and you look through uh, names of people you want to have on the show, and you like up-and-comers. And when I saw her pictures and started reading her biography and just started looking at the things she's into, I'm like, man, this girl is ideal for us. She's got a lot of different talents and a great time, man. She's fun. And she likes to throw around the language, man. She's not shy to speak her mind. I like it. <laughs> that was no, great. Uh, no, I love it. You know what? She's open. Yeah. She's honest. Yeah. Um, you know, seriously, man, we wish uh, Ashley Morgan nothing but the best, and we hope she's just blasted on all of our screens real, real soon, and we get to see her in, on TV and, and everything. She's cool. She's uh, She's gorgeous, and she's talented, and she's just – She's funny and kick ass, you know. You got you got to love people like that. So, good good stuff, man. Well, Jeff, man, we have some uh, we have some big shows coming up, man, and we're excited about this here at the Stoop. Um, Thursday, yeah. August eighteenth, uh, this week, we're going to be joined by the Italian all girl metal band Sin of Night with their U.S. manager and our good friend here at the Stoop, Ian Holt. They'll be joining us uh, Thursday night. Show beginning at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then on Monday, and this is the big the big one, man, August 29th, our night with Lilith of Lilith and the Night right here in the stoop. It's going to be the exclusive U.S. release of their brand-new EP, Insanity. We're going to listen to the songs from Insanity. Lilith's going to hang out with us for the majority of the night. It's going to be good Good times here. Really looking forward to that. And then on Monday, September 12th, we're going to be joined by comedian Tom Rubin. Looking forward to that one as well. Can't wait to laugh. Can't wait to ask him some really good, funny questions and uh, get a good chuckle out of it, man. So really looking forward to those three shows coming up. And we do have some other shows that we're working on right now. Uh, Jeff and I are pounding the pavement to get even more guests here on the stoop uh, in the real near future. Uh, But be on the lookout for that, man, because Jeff is working hard. He sure is. We're we're coming, man, and um, just got a uh, 
text message from uh, Ashley Morgan thanking us and telling us it was awesome. She was awesome. Great time. And that's what we like here, man. And uh, like she said, it, it's not all about getting paid. It's not about the big money thing. It's about being there. And that's what we like. We like being on the air. We like meeting these people and, and bringing them to you. And um, some big stuff coming up. Like I said, we got the Sin of Night and, and the, the Evening with Lilith of the Night. And uh, just awesome stuff heading your way. Just great. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Jeff works hard for the money. He really does. Better treat him right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a short one tonight, but that's because we're prepping for the next few shows, and they're going to be great, and they're going to be long. You'll never get rid of us here at the stoop. But once again, thank you to Ashley Morgan for joining us tonight. Um, really cool actress. Check her out either on our website, www.stoopradio.com, or Google her and learn more about her career and check out some of the movies she's been in, like The Land. And, uh, you know, she's got so many that are in pre-production right now, and she's just completed as well. So be on the lookout for her, because you're going to see her a lot, guarantee it. So thank you once again to Ashley for joining us tonight. And thank you for tuning in uh, once again to The Stoop. We're sorry about the static, but if, uh, unfortunately, Blog Talk Radio is having some problems with their uh, with their connections when we have guests calling in. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll be uh, fixed real soon so we can have static-free guest call-ins like we used to and like everybody deserves. <laughs> would be nice. Yeah, would be real nice. But... Got to hear what they're saying. Was... We can hear it. Yeah. But, you know, there's no static in the background. We're working yeah, on it. Well, we, we, yeah, and we feel bad. Um, you know, they uh, deserve to have a clear connection uh, when they're talking about their amazing careers and all of their projects. Uh, and we can't apologize enough to uh, – the last few guests that we had on that we've had some static problems with, uh, unfortunately, that's out of our control, and that's uh, up to our provider to fix uh, so far. That hasn't been fixed yet, but hopefully that will be fixed real, real soon. So so that's it for this uh, Monday night here on Blog Talk Radio in the Stoop. Once again, you can check out all of our past shows and check out what's going on uh, in the near future with our radio program here by going to www.stoopradio.com. And if you want to get in contact with us, just use the contact form in there. We love, love, love to hear from our listeners. If you want to ask a question, if you're an agent or a manager and you want to have a talent on here with us, uh, we, we love to hear from everybody. So just use that contact form at stoopradio.com, and uh, it'll be good times. So, Jeff, what's your plans for the rest of the night, my friend? Uh, I'm going to sit here and uh, not be a douche because you don't be a douche. I'm going to uh, – right. <laughs> Probably eat me a little dinner, as we know, antibiotics for a few more days, so no beer. So a uh, little dinner, and I'm going to hit the, like you said, pound the pavement and uh, look up some more talent, try to get more people, and uh, that's it, man. Relax and uh, thrive for another great Monday evening. Good times, my friend. All right. Well, once again, thank everybody for listening into this stoop. For Jeff the Shark Perini. I am Jonathan Tiny Dancer Ragus, and we'll see you all Thursday night with our guests, Sin of Night and Ian Holt. Have a good night. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer.